are about to enter a world of pain, suffering, and laughter. Hey, you know when you hear that, it's time for Worst Gig Ever, the podcast. I'm Mike Pace. I'm Jeff Garlock. And this week, we're, we're setting a precedent here. We have twins, twins on this show. That's right. We got Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger back together. Only their mother can tell them apart. Speaking of, and that's a perfect segue. <laughs> no, guys, don't get too excited. We don't have uh, those stars of film and God, screen. Be a dream. Stage and screen, if you will. We have Darren and Greg Bresnitz. The Bresnitz Bros. <laughs> Accompanied by their mother, who is sort of a silent partner in this uh, proceeding. These guys are world-class DJs, tastemakers, I dare say it, foodies. They probably hate that term. Oh, but, but it applies. These guys, they do a lot of things. They're movers and shakers. They do their own podcast. It's called Snacky Tunes. You can listen to it on Heritage Radio. I believe it's also on iTunes. They're also a DJ slash event duo called Finger on the Pulse. If you're anyone who knows anything, you probably know the Bresnitz. You've probably got 20s. your finger on their pulse. The Bresnitz twins. <laughs> exactly. So these guys come in. They tell a lot of worse gigs. They got a lot. They get, from the get-go, they are, boom, off to They're, the races, and they got them left and right. Stockholm, London, bing, bang. These guys are, bad gigs. These guys are world travelers, and they have a world of bad gigs. There's also a world of bad gigs to be discovered at worstgigeverpodcast.tumblr.com. You can check out old episodes there. iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Facebook. You can write us worstgigever at gmail.com to make some suggestions. Oh, wait, we have an email here. This is from a fan of the show. His name is Ben. Oh, he asks a question here. He says, hey, guys, can you get Dwid from Integrity to be on the show? Ben, we're we would love to. It. Yeah, we're working overnight. We'll we'll start updating the process if we come up if, with Dwight on our individual Twitters too. That's right. I'm at Mike E Pace, and I'm at G Garlock, and we'll let you know if we got Dwight in the in the house. And but we got we got two Dwids for the price of one here, <laughs> with Darren and Greg Bresnitz on worst gig ever. ever, ever, ever. Misha. Well, there was a time that we went to Stockholm together. Yes, this was on our first European tour together. I was actually there before, and I, I have a... I don't know if I'd say it was worse, but it was just kind of uh, uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And we'll, we'll lead in it, but uh, I was there with my uh, girlfriend, and I was DJing. And the, and the gig was actually going, well, no worse gig there. But however, um, they just kept me going and kept bringing me drinks and uh, just kept me going. They're like, no, keep playing, keep playing, and... Uh, my bladder just like is not that big after a while. Um, <laughs> sure. and they were like, just, just keep going. They were feeding us substances. And I was like, I, I don't really have a choice. So, like, you can't stop. So, um, we had all these empty pint glasses and, uh, 
This is kind of uncomfortable because my mom is sitting right next we to me. We should have an amazing dynamic yeah. for yeah. this. For the listener, we should yeah. say that we have Darren and Greg here and yeah. then their mother sitting yeah. here. Yes. Off microphone. I mean, yeah. God speaks to you. I yeah. wouldn't do that with my well, mother she, behind I mean, the microphone. Yeah. So. I mean, uh, well, we can just we can. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, let's <laughs> she, be she's a, she's aware that we have not done everything legal in our past. Anyway, so, so you know, <laughs> yeah. hour three or hour four. Um, I'm just like I can't do this. I can't stop. Just start filling the glasses. Just you know, pee, you know, DJing and ducking down and, and urinating and. Uh, it's funny because people thought you were ducking down, they probably thought you were doing something more illicit than peeing which, glass. I mean, yeah. It, well, you know, it was a long night, yeah. but we. So it was just there, and then we're just there, and then it's fine because there was you know four pint glasses, and I'm just, I'm going okay. This is like not terrible. I feel better, and then I'm like, well, the guys who have to pay me are going to come up here. And there's no way. And this was like, you our, didn't drink the beer we gave you. No, they'll be like, they'll be like, what, like, what, what the fuck? Like, you, you, this is how you treat us. Right. Like, like, yeah. and it was our money to get home. And, you know, it was like everything. And I was like, uh, I was like, uh, baby, you, you gotta empty these. <laughs> and we're talking as a pack club. So she is like, you know, without a beat, she goes, okay. So she goes like one at a time across the club <laughs> to empty them out in the bathroom and back and did four trips. You and, just uh, told the worst gig slash best girlfriend. Yeah. yeah, right. that is yeah. It would have been uh, probably yeah. more amazing if the promoter was like, hey, in, in Sweden, we all drink beers together yeah. at the <laughs> show. And, perfect like, four but, we'd, we'd be insulted. But in, in perfect us. like hypocrisy, um, when we would do our DJ nights at Royal Oak, there was one DJ who DJed us that did that. And I was like, you're so fucking disgusting. <laughs> oh, yeah. Was but, this after you had done it? Yeah. Um, so the worst gig that I did, and th- the thing is, though, I'm going to leave with this, and this is hands down the worst uh, personal gig. So I was in New Orleans for work, mm-hmm. uh, and I booked a DJ gig, um, and they booked me at a club that had been, up until two weeks ago, a goth club. And it had been a pretty serious goth club. And so even though they had transitioned it over... A lot of unbelievably angry goths were showing up. Everyone didn't get the memo. Yeah, like uh, they got the memo, but it just added yeah. fuel to their fire. <laughs> so we had gone out before, and we had gotten all this crawfish, and <laughs> so <laughs> gross. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I showed up, and I wasn't feeling so great. And they're like, "Hey, I know that we booked you for house music, but with the format change, you need to play '90s pop." And I was like, okay, which would have been fine, except for that my stomach started revolting, and I was having like three-minute intervals to like put on a song, run to the bathroom with no door on the bathroom or on the stall to take care of business, uh, and getting coming back and getting accosted by Goss to be like, why can't you play Bowhaus? Yeah. Right. And, uh, I mean, but that was that was bad, and I I don't think I told anyone that story for a while. We're talking like explosive crawfish diarrhea. It was just like it was it was one of those things where I was both, you know, really upset that I was alone and had no one to cover me, Uh slash, so happy that (laughs) there was nobody there to see my. I like that, like Saturday. Yeah. Can I just say that in the first five minutes of the show, we've had both Darren and Greg Bresnes is telling us a story about urination. Yeah. 
And then right, his yeah. brother Darren is telling uh, a story about theme. defecation. Yes. Uh, I mean, look, look, not, uh, and we're twins, so like, <laughs> I mean, look, when you're when you're DJing, there's, and I'm, we have some other stories of people not showing up, right? But really, it's about you know, you can't. It's the same thing. Like, you can't leave, and there are times when you, there's just like a you know. You're not playing. You're not like some. I mean, you're playing, right. but sometimes you just have like a little bit of a lag with sure. songs and things like that. So if you gotta go, there's not like a lot of distractions. It's not like you're like I'm like ripping a solo right. on the ones and twos. Uh, so. Is there a is there a just like when you're a I mean it, when you're a DJ at like a radio station? Like I know it's completely different, but like you can like I had a song. I I knew like I had a certain neurosis song yeah. that was my I have to go take a dump. Song. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, like, do yeah. you do you have that? Yeah. Like, like I've I've set up this loop of noise. No, well, I mean, that, well, doing not house music, it's, right? Okay, doing house tracks. Well, usually we DJ together now, mm-hmm. so that's it's like, hey, I gotta run, you gotta yeah. run. But like with house track, it's like I know that I have uh, six minutes, right? Of yeah, but right. piano but it, chops, but it right. just get me through the. <laughs> The rough times. I don't know, but I think in general, it's like you're just you're kind of you're kind of stuck. Sure, you're like yeah. you know you're up there and you know, you're not going to relax in the bathroom. Yeah. Well, also, reading War and Peace. Yeah, and you're not going to like load up the Times <laughs> app and be like, well, that song's got 12 minutes. Like, oh, what did Paula Dean do to that? <laughs> yeah, oh, she got fired. Yeah, 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 yeah. Poor got Dean. Fired. Poor Dean. Um, no, I mean you know, and also nothing is worth that stereotype of the DJ's not doing anything when you look up and goes, "Where's the DJ?" Goes, "Oh, he's <laughs> yeah, in yeah, the bathroom yeah. for like six minutes." <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I think that's, I think those are our only two worst gig bodily function stories. Right. Yeah. Well, though, I mean, those are, I mean, those are, that's great. Right out the gate. We've yeah. got some fan. I mean, because it usually takes a while for the guests to open up till we get to the bodily yeah. function. I mean, I think that we've shared these stories like. It's, it's, it's common kind of lore. Yeah. It's, right. kind of, it's just like. Oh, the uh, only, the only common other. Common lore between us? The only <laughs> other. Uh, Who else knows this? The only other bathroom story. The old story. President's defecation story. It's a favorite around the bar. That one. Oh, uh, there's many, another yeah. bathroom story that I have that is, does not include any re- release of bodily function. So mm-hmm. we were at the end of our first tour. We were at, uh, what was that? In London. We were playing that Monday night party. I don't remember. Dram, drum. Oh, yeah. Anyway, it was Rory Phillips' party. Durr. Durr. We're playing Durr. Durr. Which was just like, and I did this great soul set, and I was just, it was exhausted. It was the end of tour. You know how it is. End of tour. Totally tired. Oh, you can't tell the story. You can't tell the story. No, so this is what happened. So Darren Darren plays. And and I played first. This was was an old way. So, and we'll get into this, but like, it used to be that, because when we first started, I only played soul music, Uh and I would play first, and sort of like warm the crowd up, and then Greg would come in and do his indie electro stuff. So so we're on there, and um, it's Monday night, and uh, it was in December, so it was like maybe half full. It wasn't like the best the November, but it was and it wasn't the great the greatest turnout. But they kept the fog machine on at and the drinks flowing and the drinks flowing. So they kept the drinks flowing in the fog machine thing. So it was it like from where we're, I mean, we, uh, you know, it's you know podcast, but we're like maybe 10 feet from you guys. But right. it, it would be very hard to see you guys. Right. Um, so I go and I DJ and Darren kind of disappears and, you know, it's just just free drinks. And then like I, I like uh, I stopped playing a DJ and I can't find him. Just like, okay, I'm like, okay. I run into a friend from Pittsburgh and we were doing shots. <laughs> yeah. So, so I can't find him. I can't find him. And the club is like emptying out, but the fog is still filling up. I feel like the, the sound guy like fell asleep on the fog button. <laughs> so just like that. And I can't find him. I'm starting to get nervous because as always, we still have to get paid. Yeah. We got to get home. Our flight's tomorrow. And we got to get a flight like super early in the morning. And you know, I'm starting to, to panic a little. I'm like, he, he's gone. 
he maybe he went home with somebody, probably not. Right. Like maybe <laughs> he just did, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe he just ditched me. Like I don't know. Or like and then like that pan goes like maybe he's dead. <laughs> like I don't really know what's going on because I'm ultra drunk that too. Old so DJ so I, I, mean, I do. I'm just, I'm just doing laps in the fog, which is just like totally <laughs> useless. So I go around and uh and I like go into the bathroom stall and there's like the attendant is looking at me and I'd already been in there uh a few times and he's like looking at me and I'm like I was like, Look, I'll take all the responsibility for this, but I gotta stick my head over the stalls and he's like uh, uh okay. So I look over and I see Darren just pass passed out with his head on his knees. I knock on the door and he goes, I'm pooping. <laughs> By the way, I was not pooping. I was yeah. sitting on, on, you know, and I was fully like, clothed. I was like, right. I cannot even imagine how many people he is just like, I'm pooping. Like, God, that guy's in there forever. <laughs> and I had to like, I just security guard. I was like, dude, I gotta like kick this door open. And so I kick the door open, pull him out, tell him to sit in a corner, find the promoter in the fog, get paid, and, and get there. I mean, look, when there's no green room, the bathroom is the best <laughs> yeah. place to take a nap. Sure. Yeah, you know, it's but it's interesting. Like going back to that Crawford story, I remember like it was very rare that I would have some kind of diuretic stomach, stomach sure. yeah, because yeah. you get you get into a, a mode where you're psyched to get on stage yeah. and yeah. You, it regards for how long. Like you don't have to urinate. You try right. to do that beforehand, but it's rare. I'm trying to think if I ever had a time where I just got a, a, a violent attack. And had to leave mid Yeah, no. I remember our drummer once got up and had to urine during South by Southwest, and there were porta potties lined up right along the side yeah. of the stage and just had to use the I kinda pee like, during I think the, yeah. once yeah. in New Orleans, I think hey, man. it happened <laughs> on stage that Selaney, uh, the drummer of our drummer Panthers. of Jeff Slane, drummer Panthers, had decided to just start drinking recently. Had like multiple hand grenades oh. and mid song got up. <laughs> Wait, no, or it was an orchestra. Either there was a set where he got up mid set, puked into his shirt Ugh. and like catching it. And then was just like, well, I guess I should change shirts. Like, that's very, uh, that's very, yeah, yeah, very that was his crazy idea was to catch it for Yeah, some that's reason. like so responsible. It's like, I wouldn't want to get right. puke on this nice stage where they could just. You know, mop it off. Like I want to get it onto my shirt. It, it was a nice. I mean, move maybe part of it has to do with your standing behind equipment. You're, you're, you're you know, you're you have to be. I mean, yeah, it's, it's a different mindset than right. when you have a guitar. But, uh, on I mean, or also something. the hours are just totally different, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, the, I mean, you just it's. I'm sure I that mean, you're talking at like I'll put this way. Like if I had to play a 45 minute or even a hardcore set, right? Like when I was in college in Boston, and I was in that band sending back to Britain in a mm-hmm. body bag. Our sets were like 20 minutes. Yeah. So you could right. just hold it. Right. But when you're DJing for an hour and a half or two hours. It's rough. I mean, even if, and look, you know, you do the same thing when you're in a band, when you DJ, you don't have a big meal before you play. Yep. You don't, you know, you sort of just like time that at, but, uh, two hours, three hours, three hours, hours of drinking, you know, it just, it, it's just going to catch it up. It catches with up you. with you. Eventually. I will say that uh, periodically if, when I, uh, go out and DJ and it's, it's almost always classic rock, I wait till I play Ramble Tamble by Credence, the <laughs> oh, seven yeah. minute, uh, long cut. That's, that's usually mine. Or just drop a little Cortez the Killer and you got, yeah, yeah. exactly. You got, Actually, time, you got time at Union Pool to wait and climb. <laughs> yep. Cortez the Killer. The taco truck. Pick yeah. Up taco. Cortez the Killer and, um, like anything, uh, like Turing Machine were my go to, like yeah. radio show. Those are my tracks when yeah. I was like, uh, either too hungover at the station and had to sleep in between songs. Yeah. I was like, I just need like nine to 13 minutes to, yeah. To, I had, I had the 8 a.m. Friday morning shows at KWVA, yeah. University of Oregon, which was like, go to bed early. Right. 
Or try to just stay up. The classic. Uh, yeah. The classic. Uh, or I used to have the 2 a.m. Thursdays uh, at, at BU when I was there. And that was just right. like, how many drinks can I have right up until... I, you know, get a station. And you know, the funny thing is, you were the one that got fired from the station mm-hmm. for getting caught for drinking, and I never got caught. What? And all they had to do was listen to like Cause I'll 30 say this seconds. about that. I was a DJ at WTBU as mm-hmm. well. The reach of that is about to Warren Towers, well, at least when I was there, okay. which is the building next door to where the so, radio station is. Yeah. Pointless. I, I mean, look, I'll put it this way. We had my, it was, uh, my, my housemate, Willie Patton and I. Mm-hmm. And it was just doomed from the start. We put in our time. He had the 6 a.m. Tuesday morning show. I had the 6 a.m. Thursday morning show. And they rewarded us by giving us the midnight at Friday show. And this is the thing. If it had been an actual radio station right. with, like, reach and you could get it, we would have totally embraced it because that would have been, like, a coveted spot. It's like, oh, we're Friday night at midnight. But the fact that we knew that no one was listening. Mm-hmm. And that's not an exaggeration. It's yeah. not an exaggeration. As a new alum, yeah. it legitimately, for being a great communication school, yeah. radio the station irony. was the worst. And it literally, it's the building next door is where it cut off. Yeah, and the tower on the top and didn't this is work. Before they yeah, had, and it this is broken. before they had internet radio. Right. Because maybe now it's on the internet. But no, but they did have a live video stream, oddly enough. Oh, and that's what they call oh, it. I will, I will that was say, after my time. At NYU, I did a radio show during the summer on AM. There's nobody oh, there over the top. That, was, that you could only wow. listen to through the television. Oh, yeah, like sure. On classic, NYU. Classic, classic TV radio. TV. Hey, what's Wait. my TV? Oh, this DJ. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Wait, was, how did you get fired then from there? Um, I think, <laughs> well, first off, let's put it this way. We were 18. Sure. So any type of authority from, I think we call, nicknamed the guy who used to run it, Caveman, due uh-huh. to his like long hair, furrowed brow. That. Uh, furrowed brow and unibrow. Um, and I don't think we got caught for being drunk. I think they just accused us. Oh. And we were like, well, fuck you and fuck this radio station. We're out of here. Right. High five. And then we're like, all right. Because <laughs> um, I, I mean, we would do, I mean, on my French show, I remember distinctly he was supposed to play music and we spent the two or three hours just complaining about girls. On, yeah. yeah. Like for three hours at a time. Like, we got like I a point four rating, which yes. was like. Uh, and then I would forget to do the commercials that we were supposed oh to Oh, my God, right? The commercials. Time. Fucking well, up those stop sets. Well, here, I mean, you know, the biggest thing was that... Uh, I had a hardcore show, so I had, a, I had the specialty. I didn't have yeah. to deal with uh, hitting, hitting the, sure. the plays. You know, the problem also with uh, with BU is that it was so half-assed run as right. a radio station is that any good new CD that came in was immediately stolen. Yes. And at, like, and that was the whole thing. is like, you want... Like, I thought, oh, I'm enjoying the radio station. They're going to have this great archive. All the stuff, no. My back would kill. Yeah, dragging <laughs> three Case Logic CDs and then vinyl. Yeah, of that's exactly what happened. Of my own stuff. Yeah, I was like, well, I want to play this and I want to play this, yeah. and, they and then after have a while, nothing. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. I remember. I remember. I brought my roommates and like, oh, cool, the new Coldplay CD. <laughs> and then like the next day, there was an email from a station. Has anyone seen the new Coldplay CD? And I was like, well, it's probably <laughs> never. So, so you guys have been DJing for quite a while. Yeah, we, we goes- started DJing. I started DJing in Austin at Beerland. Okay. Uh, I had been living in New York during the summer 2003. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, unbeknownst to me, I did not know all about like the Austin like DFA Plantland mm-hmm. stuff because mm-hmm. I had just got into that. But I was going to all like the Rated X, Opalines, Red and Black, like that stuff. Um, so and then when I moved to Austin, I was like, I I was like, I've seen these kids DJ. Right. This this is pretty easy. 
And I just went through all my records and I was like, oh, I have a lot of soul and stomp yeah. and garage and stuff. So I got into it. And I would throw house parties in um, Eugene, Oregon and KWVA because it was great. I actually ended up somehow making it from like the 8 a.m. like sleeping thing to actually becoming co-music director uh, for two years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Up. Uh, and then we would and we had the Friday noon to two show and. The idea behind Oregon was like Friday was like supposed to be like a work study day, but like no one did it. So the noon to two on Friday was perfect because everyone would <laughs> oh, be those waking hippies. Yeah. <laughs> well, Working I mean, on a Friday. I Come mean, on. everyone would be waking up. So we would, and like, and actually for those who know anything about college radio, we were a core station. Right. So we actually had a ton of quick reach. name another yeah. core station. I have no idea. Reported to CMJ. <laughs> yeah, we reported to CMJ. Yeah, yeah. We had we had four to six points for any of you really nerdy about that. So we had a really good reach. Um, you got both the four online. to six points. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, but, okay. but what I'm saying is yeah. like so we are, I picked up like it was mostly indie rock, and then I was at that time when like 2003, 2000 when like all like the dance rock music. Mm-hmm. So we'd get all the thing. We'd rip. We actually ripped stuff onto our computers. Left the CDs at the station. I swear to on that. And then would go and then would go DJ house parties. And that's where we got started. And then when he, so when I was living in London, which was great, is so we he was I was seven hours ahead. No, eight hours ahead. So he would DJ from noon to two, which was my like Friday night drinking, getting ready stuff. So I listened to all like the new jams. From Oregon, from eight to ten, and they go out to the club and be like, "Oh, I, I don't think anyone's ever said new jams from Oregon." <laughs> yeah. I think that's a new state. Oh, is that Jack that, jams? Is that that Oregon. new new yes. from Oregon? But I, I want to go back even. Be, okay, be, be farther than that because we're going back to the high school. You, years? Well, no, but you guys are. Well, I'm. I'm. What I'm interested in is that you guys are twins. Yeah, I have a, a younger brother. Back to brother. the beginning. Well, yeah. I, so an explanation. Well, you, your mom is here. Yeah. So, <laughs> so no. you, wait, quick story. Quick story. Yeah, my mom. Can I say this? She went to labor five weeks early. Didn't know that she was having twins. Surprise. They got wheeled in. Nurse goes, I think I hear two heartbeats. Brought in the ultrasound. There's 82, so no ultrasound. And she goes, you're having twins. I didn't want to go back that far. But, no. <laughs> but pretty <laughs> that's cool. My, that's, what, so I'm in kindergarten. I was like, oh, I like your Fugazi <laughs> pin. The, no, well, the fact, like, just, I, you know, I have a younger brother. Jeff has an older brother. Yeah. And, like, you know. Where I'm close with my brother, but we couldn't be more different. Right. And, and I, I could be even more exactly. different. Exactly. And I'm just curious, like the fact that the two of you guys are into what you're into, was that always, did you always share similar interests with I music had, and stuff? I think that it was always, we had, I mean, I think that maybe like what we were into, I actually can define the moment where our music split. Mm-hmm. Um, so our dad went to Seattle for yeah. a trip in the, we're in the ninth, ninth grade. We we're in ninth grade. And he's like went to this um, was ninety six yeah so he went back I can't remember whatever the big record store is on Queen Anne uh, mm-hmm. I can't remember this and uh, he like came back and he's like I you know I got you guys two CDs um uh no he said he, he goes I got you guys two <laughs> CDs you guys can have one each and no, but, like, no that's not the best part sorry he he went to the record store and he's like I want like what are the kids listening to yeah like, give me so two cool CDs no which is but like which but is you, great which is yeah, awesome right. and like Seattle at the time was like oh, well shit, also you could sure. also do that at a record but well you know kids would be into this so uh he comes back he goes well uh Darren here you go and uh Greg here you go so Darren got Sunny Day Real Estate Diary 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 okay seminal seminal now remember this is Seattle. I got presidents of the United States of America. <laughs> so oh, lump. Actually, so, yeah. actually, actually, I'm actually going to go further back. I know there was a better defining moment uh, when we were in middle school. When Dad came back from record store with CDs, he gave me "Live Through This," and you got some Cheryl Crow record. 
Oh, I don't think that. Holy yeah, I keep getting you, short you, end of the stick. Yeah. CD pop. Hey, uh, hey, Dad. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, but but event. But you know, I. Uh, so like that's where we kind of. But like that was only for a number of <laughs> by years. By the way, we, having no uh, pre warning or warm up to Sunday Real Estate really blew my mind. Sure. I was like, what? You know, I mean, I'd listen to. I'd like listen to Fugazi and like Green Day and like that. You know, that sort of like punk underground like you know california dc scene right but to get sunny day i i couldn't even make heads or tails of what i was listening to but then when we got to when we like got further in high school like we did some like after school activities because as in the the kids were with like they were all into like nation of ulysses karate fugazi Mm -hmm. like all of that like unwound at your school yeah it was a pretty cool high school we were in we were in the uh this theater program called players yeah Mm -hmm. and it just happened that there's a lot of straight it, edge kids in there. The Players Club. Yeah. Well, no. Wait, because, where was yeah. this? It was Isn't, Lower Marion. In Lower Marion. Okay. So it was, we went to like uh, you know this theater conference, and that was a real defining moment because like all the theater kids were like the popular kids mm-hmm. and the girls in mainstream. And then I look, our ragtag group was listening to like you know Cherry Coke on seven inch, mm-hmm. yeah, and being like, I was like, oh, maybe this is a little different. But right. one of our one of our best friends growing up is uh, Sean McGinnis, who's the drummer in Piss Jeans. Oh yeah, like, so, you know, like like so, yeah. like that whole and he was in uh, navies before navies, then. Yeah. Oxford Collapse played a couple of shows with yeah, them. and before that, the Great Collector. There we go. Yeah, yeah. So Great Collector was actually for like the people who were from the area was actually like a defining band for us because right. it was like that was like the older guys' bands, and we would go to their house shows, and they would do house shows, and they would break up and get back together. In like ways that would just seem so insanely like like dramatic that it's totally not dramatic, but yeah. you know they would go and like play shows with like Drill for Absentee and Gen Hit. By the way, if any podcast listener has a copy of the Gen Hit record, yeah, uh, I to- actually could get you that. I, uh, I hey. remember that name. My hey. old my old college friend was a big Gen Hit fan because he was from Silver Spring. Dude. Oh yeah, and I- so he like I, that was like you know he was a sunny day like kind that of was, that kid. That is like one of those. It's like. The CD got scratched. I lost the tape. I it never got on a hard drive. It's it's, it's the files. The anymore. files are corrupted. Yeah. I have drunkenly Tried and I'll get the next morning. Yeah. And I was like, "What was I doing next night?" It's like just Gen Head, and I was like, "That's where I went." Literally, that's yeah. where I went. Right. And this is like in the last segment, but like in vino de varied. Yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> I mean, that's a name I remember just from like but, zines. I mean, because yeah, they I never only know from this but, friend Kevin. But, you know, look, this is the thing: is that we came up uh, in a time, I guess, you know, when we started going to basement shows and. You know, Sean and I played in a band. I played with uh, drums. He played guitar called Imitant Navigator. Oh, like, questionable. Questionable band. <laughs> yeah. uh, but, like, we came up at a time when there was still that separation mm-hmm. of just, like, someone had to tell you about stuff or you had to read about it. And yeah. there was not an easy way to find it. And, you know, or – and the fact also on the flip side is, like, oh, we're just going to put on a show. Right. Like, some, some mm-hmm. parents, like – our mom let us have bands play, like, with, like, a little patio, and, like, we'd have bands come play yeah. in the afternoon, but... And Sean threw house shows as well, and that's where we saw Drill for... Yeah, it was, like, Great Collector, Gen Hit, Drill for Absentee. And, mm-hmm. remi- and this is the thing, being 16 and seeing these 21-year-olds... Sure. I was like, these people are legends, <laughs> like, they are <laughs> larger than it. life, <laughs> like, they are doing it... Who are these people? And now that I'm older, I was like, oh, are these these are. They were hanging dudes. out with 16 year olds yeah. in like someone's basement. Like, there was nothing right with them. Yeah. They set us all down a terrible <laughs> hey, path. Hey, here's 25 bucks. Thanks for playing in our yeah. basement, guys. Well, speaking of the band that you were in, um, 
and it seems like there were some things that were happening because uh, uh, you were you were uh, how do I bring this up organically without referring to the notes here? Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> I don't think you can reference the notes. I mean, you're already shot. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, there no so, notes. so we started notes. Do- what notes? <laughs> we do- we started doing that in high school, and then we got to college, and we fell in with like we both started at U, and then Greg went to Oregon. And after our what first, year were you at PU? What did you start? Two thousand. Two thousand. Okay, so, so we right were, when I graduated. Yeah, so we were there during the whole Ames curve moment, mm-hmm. sex positions, dedication, uh, dot dash line, dot flash line. Who I don't know if you remember, they were like this hardcore band with a cello player. Hey. So anyway, so I, I went to be you. No, they didn't. They didn't make it. No, no. <laughs> Jen uh, hit. I can't believe they're gonna be on next week. Yeah. Um, but I went to be. I will you. say donkey. I remember, and they had a cello player. They played with his hero is gone. Uh, okay, all right. They I weren't very that. good. I mean, that's when we. Now we're we're better. But that Ben Sisto was getting a start mm-hmm. there, and uh, but at so oh, I got to be you, and I started doing shows at Boston University. And it was just, I was just hitting my head against the wall. Right. Like, I remember trying to book, the one show that I booked, it was Great Collector. <laughs> Boom. Yeah. <laughs> um, which was a real coup hey. for me. Um, Fair Cat, sure, Engine Down, that. and Rainer Maria. Okay. Uh, and that was that the one. Down, Rainer Maria tour. <laughs> and that was the one show I got. And then this was 2001. And they're like, we want to spend, I remember, being in this meeting with those people. And again, no respect for Thor. None. Right. Zero. And they're just like, well, a lot of people are saying that we should book the My- Mighty Mighty Bostons. And without thinking, like in a room full of people and administrators, it goes, well, it sounds like a lot of people are wrong. <laughs> oh. And, uh, but you ended up booking them. I would have they, said you were wrong at the time. That's the impression that I get. No, no, no. Sounds like he was really questioning the answers. To be fair, by 2001, I had fallen. If it was 1993, I don't know how to party 2001 was post-Clueless. Oh, okay. Yeah. If anything, it was like, question the answers, Scott or the Devon Moore. This is post I get. Yeah. Okay. There's no, no hell of a hat. This yeah. is uh, a jackknife and a swan. Era, yeah. I yeah. believe. They, they had <laughs> already heard the record. They had don't skanked over cut. the shark, if you will. Yes. Oh. Yes. Um, that Bosco so, just hoping they put out more records. You mean I Ben Carr? Ben Carr, the Bosco. Yeah, ben Carr. Ben, this episode goes out ben to Ben Carr. Still, by the way. I think he still has a radio show. I'm sure really? he does. Yeah. He, in know, his room. That voice. That's a voice made for radio. Oh, you mean no? That's Dickie Barry. Ben Carr was just the guy. Ben He was also their tour manager, like Rody. He actually did a job besides. He yeah. like Besides Bobo dance the on the side yeah. of the stage. Um, or the weird guy in Hazel. Who was that? Was it Jay June who also had a super fan? This is back in the like in the late nineties. I don't oh, know if you remember Jay June. I remember yes. I remember uh, the split with Jimmy World is yes. a fantastic uh, song about Jimmy World. But they had like a roadie slash like dancer super fan who would like sing everything and it was like this like sixth man type of stuff. Anyway, so we were doing we were at BU and I was like, this isn't going anywhere, and I had these seven other guys, I was like, let's get together and let's just get a house. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> like we had a house for two years and they were all definitely into it because um, they were in a band called A for Arson and then we I later had a band called Send It Back to Britain and but as like the years went on they got less and less excited about having house shows and I stopped asking permission <laughs> to have house shows and I think the breaking point like we had some like cross punk show that the house I'm it was listening. this four level <laughs> this four level house and the show was in the basement and I'm not kidding the stench rose to the second yeah. floor. Like it was un- like you just came out of- on the second floor landing, and there was just like like a wall, like yeah. a-, a vertical wall of just heat and stench. And they're like, "You're done. Like you're not doing any more shows." <laughs> now I know who what. Um, was. But yeah, so we had a house called the Perineum. It was eight Wadsworth, and I had 
we had spray painted right on Ashford, right mm-hmm. near where you live, uh, right like on the edge of campus, that "Welcome to Alston Rock City." And we just, did, I mean, it was it was great. Like right. Alston was one of like the last vestige. It was before because it was right in the same area as my old house. Yeah, my old for the house. listener, yeah. for the listener, it's for called the, listener. The, the rotting stuff house. Yeah, so, we used to book shows there. And it actually is right near the perineum, if I believe yeah. I understand yeah. that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's a love, sounds like no, no, a lovely no, no, piece of real yeah, estate, yeah. that area over there, yeah. the perineum and the rotting stink. But yeah. I think it was, you know, definitely a unique area Yeah. before, and this is before, I mean, Williamsburg had started, we'd started to hear about this because this was like 2000, 2001, 2002, mm-hmm. uh, uh, but that was more like the electro clash scene. But as far as like a punk rock, hardcore house show vibe, like Alston was one of the places to be. Right. Yeah. Um, and I remember this is a little bit before my time, but they had X House, but that was in a different part of the mm-hmm. town. But that got shut down. Let me ask you, cause you guys were, were, did you guys know Night Rally at all? The band Night Rally? Mm-mm. See, they were, we played with them a ton of times. We used to play at Great Scott. They oh, yeah. were phenomenal, but they were, this is like 2005. Right. 2006, right. and I literally nobody knows Night Rally. They were Never heard of them. They were phenomenal. I'm anyway. sure there's my, my so favorite... many bands like I mean now it's probably harder, but so many bands like growing up, you're just like what? Like they yeah. were they were like we were okay, but they yeah. were legendary. And they're just yeah. like that was that was that was exactly <laughs> my divine. favorite Boston band that no one's heard of. You'll know the song. Is this band called Pity's Failure, and they had, Pity's was, Failure. They just had a C, it was is that Happiness. What? Is it empathy? I don't know. What is it? Pity. Pity. It's empathy, right? I guess they had these, like, CD, like, these CDs that they made, and they were just outside. I never saw them. Right. They were just outside of a house, like, in a grate, and there's, like, take one. And they had that song, When We Start Making Love, and it was, like, that dance song. Uh, If I played it for you, you'd remember it, because I burned it into your ears. But uh, it was, you know, but I mean, Greg how many? vehemently denying yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a real pity <laughs> that it failed to make an impression. Um, <laughs> but, you know, but at the same time, you know, uh, when we were there, this 2003, they had Start, which was, mm-hmm. and, sure. uh, you know, they had Makeout Club and Lipstick and Cigarettes. Oh, yeah. That's I spent a lot of time on xadamx.com. Uh-huh. Shout out to Boston. Well, there's, uh, there's definitely. Super Cult. I think there's. Super that cult? was, that was, oh, yeah. that was Baltimore. Yeah. I stayed in the Super Cult Super house. Super Cult was once. awesome, but it was Gibby from, yeah. uh, Boston so, too. So Gibby yes. did start. Yeah. And I was like, why are people doing I going think we might have played start once. Oh, really? And I remember seeing like old, like, Wait. Orchid hardcore fans dancing. This one girl was yeah. doing go-go dance. I was like, oh, hi, you. Like, I just felt awkward. I was like, no. Nah, Wait, did you is... play as Panthers? Yeah, I think okay, so. Okay. I was going to say, that'd be a funny booking Orchid. Yeah, it was an Orchid. Yeah. No, it was Panthers. Um, yeah, I mean, look, I mean, you saw that transition as we did, is yeah. that a lot of people were like, were like, oh, I sort of get it. You can go out and dance the music that you love to hear in your room, and it doesn't have to be this house techno type of thing. Yeah. And then also, with the infusion of the London scene, you know, uh, Block Party and Arctic Monkeys and all that stuff, you go, oh, like, here's new music coming out mixed with the Smiths. Mm-hmm. And we can go out and just sing along to our songs, and it's a lot of fun. And there, was there's... the pill still in action at that point? Yeah, uh, I was. think the pill that was out... where my now wife used to go dancing to, like the Brit pop night. Yeah, I mean that was. I mean that was outlasted. <laughs> the pill outlasted us. Yeah, yeah. I think it eventually moved to Great Scott. Okay. No, Great was Great Scott the one up on near Com Ave and cool, like. That's right. It was right on the corner over was there. Was that Great yeah. Abbey? No, Great Scott. Yeah. But I think, you know, there's a natural progression that you're talking about that I think a lot of people in our age range go through of being into, like, heavier music. Yep. And then the older you get, the more interested in other things. Right. Yeah. You know, and your mind gets opened up to, to a lot of other So it seems, so, you know, especially through, like, cool things like mod or, you know, whatever, and then uh, soul music. So then I'm also curious how oh. you guys transitioned into be- DJing and 
do, uh, sort of doing it semi-professionally, I guess, and being flown to uh, tour as a DJ. I mean, that's pretty I, cool. That I can pretty let's much put big quotes around semi-professional. <laughs> yeah. well, I can, I let's, can, let's, 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 you started it. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, it, I can trace it back to like a couple of records. Uh, the faint record, yeah. hot, hot heat EP and the mm-hmm. first one. No, it's just you uh, playing this yeah, stuff? Yeah, just like, and... just, I mean, so I was at KWVA and it was just, you know, and we had like a lot of, so like the way that we would structure the show is like my roommate and co-host was actually an old rave promoter from LA and he had Raver. opened, a, and he <laughs> had opened up a bar in Oregon. And so the first, Shout it out. uh, Indigo District, which doesn't exist anymore. Um, That's a shame. This, this one's brought to you by the Indigo District. Yeah. This, yeah. Don't go there. Wait, yeah. it closed? <sighs> I mean, we don't, we don't have, we don't have time. time. <laughs> yeah. We don't have time. So anyway, so, so the first hour of the show would be like just your, you know, early 2000 indie rock stuff. Mm-hmm. And then the second half would be like a dance party because he would DJ, he would DJ at the Indigo District and then I would DJ the after party at the house we were living in. So it'd be kind of like a way for us to kind of get our music together. And just like over time, it would just begin to infiltrate like a dance macabre. Uh, like I said, honey, but there wasn't that much. And then, um, a number of things came out that like kind of reshaped uh like where the Scissor Sisters record mm-hmm. was one that was like totally Did you enjoy that record? <laughs> totally burned into our things um Block Party uh-huh anything phones did um a, like uh New Young Future Pony Heads. Club mm-hmm. Future Heads and then I, I hate to say it but the Mastercraft Panthers remix of Thank Me the oh, yeah. Hands, oh, was like Shout out to uh, but shout like out. that. Shout out to that, God bless the royalties from that. Oh yeah, <laughs> and uh, oh, and Super System also. Mm-hmm. And then um, let's not forget. There was like let's that not forget the darkness. The darkness, but like living in London when the darkness was big, it was like living in London when the Beatles were. But it was, yeah. were you studying we, there or were you? I was studying there because I studied there too in in two thousand. That was actually where Oxford Collapse sort of started, uh-huh. living off of Oxford. Street. But mm-hmm. we uh, did our three week tour when darkness was like. Oh, and, and that I was tour just was in the UK, the and I was just like, God, this fucking band. But it's it's definitely everywhere. it's a confluence of almost like right time. It was just right one place. Yeah, yeah but yeah. it was also it was also like that was just like I was also tired of going to shows um, and just kind of like nodding my head and. Right. And, and just kind of, and I was like listening to like Pretty Girls Made Graves at the time, and there was like a large, and it was just, it was this weird thing where it's like, they were like, oh, we want to dance, but it was like a kind of, it was like at the time where I literally, and like blogs were also just kind of getting really big, where I literally at, for a long period of time, for majority of the time, I literally had every single like dance punk, mm-hmm. dancey remix. I had it all. Right. It was like crazy because like, A, you could, and it wasn't, it wasn't that big at that time. So that's where that's where it kind of uh, that's where it started. And, Sounds uh, like you had your finger on the pulse, bro. Yeah. So, <laughs> so uh, and LCD and DFA were getting yeah, really big, yeah. but it was very easy to get like all of those remixes because it was just like everyone was like first up. It was the same. It was like the same like Flux Blog and Disco Dust mm-hmm. uh, and like those type of blogs it was like so easy to to track this. I mean, when Hype Machine was like just really easy to to follow stuff. So it just. It built into that way, and I was like, I was like, I just like this more. And I can tell you how naive I was about dance music uh, was because I had everything kind of suctioned into playlists, and I just had a folder that was instrumentals, mm-hmm. and it was just like because like that was still my, oh my mentality right. about music that it was like instrumentals. And then I didn't listen to it for a long time. When I eventually went back to it, I was like, I was like, okay, great, this is just like house music yeah, with right. no vote. Like, it's just like I was like, oh, these are it's like techno and like yeah. drum and I was like and I just thought they were like instrumentals because they're no vocal. Right. That's Wait, really uh, like where my and then it just it, it eventually just grew it grew from there. And then when um we threw this one party in Eugene 
called Finger on the Pulse, which is actually from uh, a Block Party song on, mm-hmm. from Silent Glass. And I was like, man, I really like that name. And uh, and I left Eugene and I was like, we should start a party. So I was like, I was actually sitting in Oregon and so like, I want to throw a party in New York. Like, I don't really know how you do it. So I went to Craigslist and I was like, and I like typed in like DJ in New York. <laughs> all DJs. Listen yeah. Up. <laughs> yeah. So I went DJ in New York and all the things that came up were like, we will give you the first hour for free on like a four hour rotation. If you're the best DJ, you get like, the last hour, and I was like, "Man, this seems terrible." No, no, because right. I forget what's going on at the time. This is two thousand and five, and this was like the the advent of the iPod DJ. Yeah, right. Yeah. So it was like, so I was like, "Oh, this seems." I was like, "Oh, I don't want to do this because, like, how do I promote? Like, come see me DJ for an hour, maybe a second hour." Right. Um, and then I landed on this uh, Craigslist listing by this guy named Don Peavy. Uh, shout, out oh, Don Peavy. shout out Don Peavy. Of PV Amps, of course. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. No, of like Don uh, Peavy Catering. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, PV Catering, of yeah. course. Yeah, that's what I mean. So he was like, like wanted DJs for Friday nights at Williamsburg venue off the Graham Stop, um, Graham Lounge, like inquire within. So I sent him an email. Uh, I was like, I'm, I want to be a DJ. He's like, well, when you get here, like just come find me at there. And like, I get here and I think I was here less than 10 days and I was with Darren's girlfriend at the time. And I was like, Oh, I just, I think it's like right over, you know, it's like, it's actually right up the street from here. And I mm-hmm. went and knocked the door and he opened this, this young guy. And I was like, uh, so I'm the one who wrote you like pretty serious about this. Like we want to do like first and, uh, no, second and fourth Fridays. Um, we'll figure out fifth Fridays of the month. And, uh, and like we just want to, we want to do this. And okay. And Graham Lounge was like this just, uh, it was, was front. It was a front. So it's like all uh-huh. all the businesses on Graham between where you guys are essentially mm-hmm. and down to Metropolitan is owned by this like one guy. Right. And he still owns that Panini shop, which yep. they renamed. So it was his essentially his private club um, for all of his buddies in the back. And it was like just like the DJ booth was in the storage room. You had to like crawl underneath the bar to get in there. And there's like a hole cut in the windows so you could see it. And there was like just, you know, shelves of liquor and there was like no accountability. So we would we would go and we did it for like we did it for about a year. And I can tell you no. like. We did it for a lot less because we had our first year anniversary. Uh, the black cat. Anyway, we, so we, we, we did it and there was the, it was really great. We, um, there was no accountability. There's no accountability. Uh-huh. I mean, the bartenders were like, you know, that like they're maybe a year or two older than us, like not, not much more. And so we, uh, there were two last parties. Mm-hmm. And I say that because there was, and we were building over time. Like we had a third guy with us, and like Shout I had to uh, DJ Balls Deep. Yeah, DJ Balls Deep was actually, <laughs> to be honest, he had to change his name because there was a need another DJ Balls Deep. Of course, so he changed nice. to DJ Vulture, which I popular no, DJ, name. I thought it was DJ Falcon. Oh, DJ Falcon. But sorry. wait, there's also another DJ Falcon. Yeah, so we had to change it to DJ. <laughs> yeah, so we had poor to, guy. Yeah, poor guy. But so, so, uh, so anyway, so we threw this Halloween party, and um, and we've been building it over time. But we were like, everybody come to Halloween party, and we just we literally like. We trashed the place. Right. Like we just, I mean, it's just like, there was no accountability, but there was some respect that like, we really thought we like, we wanted to come back, but like, it was just a point we came in the next day and like the mirrors were ripped off the walls and there was glass. We're trying to find like (laughs) someone, someone had lost their gloves. I went back the next day. Well, this is the thing. I, my costume was a thrift store suit and I was working for this mystery, this medical mystery show. And I, we had, (laughs) we'll get into that later. And they're like, here's, do we have a half a gallon left of stage blood? So my costume was just me in a suit covered in fake blood. And I was like, I'm a car accident. Yeah. Sure. And uh, I was, and I was dressed as like a Frenchman. I just had like a baguette and like a thrown on mustache and a But, uh, so I lost we, my phone and I went back the next day in any hope to find it. And it was, there was an inch of glass on the floor. All the bank hats had been pulled off. There was like a leak. And I was like, I was, and that was it. 
That was, that was it. No, we had no, we had one more after that. No, we. Yeah, we had one more. We had one more. We had one more after that, and but like the like the speakers were all blown. There were no glasses I left. That was the last part. No, there was one more. But so, speaking of you losing your phone, I actually have a a combination of my favorite slash Darren's worst night oh ever. Now, let's hear that. So um, it's our birthday. And don't interrupt me on this story because you. Just, hold, let me just let me just let me brothers. just get it in. I, let me just set this oh, up. Brother. Let me just set this up. No, I, I'm going to set the whole thing up. No, I will set this up because there. Has you can't to set be, something up you don't remember. I do remember. So we we after we had left, let's get to it. after we left Graham Lounge, we went mm-hmm. to Lucky Cat, which is now Brewer Falls. Okay. No, which is not Brewer Falls anymore. Now it's something else. It was a Snigger Bar at one point. Yeah. Too. Grand Singer? victory. Just yeah. Anyway, we're dragging so, every, so, so, so then we wound up. Nice. We wound up going to the Royal Oak, and Royal Oak was really like where our home was. We had our first year anniversary. We were there it, for like three and a half. Three and a half years. We had a great time. It was like Friday night, and we walked in. That's when we met Brandon Hoy, who mm-hmm. now is the owner of Roberta's. Like we, it's like a history there. So we DJ second, fourth Fridays, and then they asked us to do it, the fifth Saturday for a birthday party, and we said we will do the birthday party if you give us two cases of champagne. Now, I. We're still doing soul music, and I was the only one to do two sets that night. And I would take a sip every time I played a song. And knowing with soul songs, I was taking a sip every two minutes. Uh-huh. Okay, so, so let me just set that up, that it was my okay. birthday party. I was so allowed okay. to have a good You're time. enjoying life. Sure. So, yeah, and I had alive. a lot of champagne. Okay. Andre. So, I so Vintage. Uh, <laughs> Andre. There we go. Shout out so, to Andre. Yeah. So I, I mean, I was, and then, but I was like, I mean, me and DJing for like seven years was mm-hmm. like, that was it. That was that was the only focus. It was like obsessive to the point of just like it wasn't even fun for me. That's See my a, profession or yeah. those around him. Yeah, or those around as him. a partner. Yeah, are you mixing <laughs> re- vinyl and? No, it was it was I was you know I was digital. I was digital from so I put out um, a mixtape. I was going. I had to like I actually was going through my old mixtapes, which were terrible, which I thought were so First off, today. I still listen to them and they're great. Thank you, but um, <laughs> uh, I said uh, one of my mixtape things just to give you my mindset was like um. Uh, like it was called laptop. It was like a computer DJ or something like no, that. No, s- story of a laptop DJ. Like yeah, struggle hero. No, no, it was like second. No, it's like laptop DJ. Story of a second class citizen or something like that. Like I knew something like second that. Second class DJ. Story of a laptop DJ. Yeah, that's what, second class. Story of a laptop DJ. Anyway, wait, wait. second. Let's let's, yeah. let's second class. laptop DJ. Story of a second class citizen. Yeah. Hey, okay. wow. So uh, Google so, it. So, so, anyway, yeah. DJ but, never I mean, forget. The reality is that like I didn't have any money, so it was either like I can't listen to music or I can just listen to it. For, it was like there wasn't even a question in my mind. So anyway, so when but like when I was DJing, I was like wasn't drinking. I was like really serious about it. So it's Darren's birthday. So Darren's off drinking and everything, and we get there, and uh, oh, it was, it was it, and he's like he's like. And he, we had like plugged in his phone for the last few songs. So we could do birthday chair and everything. So you get there and he is just blacked out. I mean, it's just not even like this. And he goes, someone stole my, someone stole my iPhone. I was like, iPod, iPod. Oh yeah. Someone stole my iPod. And I was like, dude, are you sure about that? It was like literally all of our friends. He's like, fucking hate my friends. Everyone's so, and so I'm not kidding. 40 minutes, 4 a.m., 4 15, 4.30, 4.45. We're going, and he's tearing around. He's like cursing everyone. He's like still drinking. He's like, fuck this. He's like shaking people down. And then Don't we're look just, at me, mom. And we're just like, so I'm just <laughs> like, I'm like, hanging your head in shame <laughs> right now. <laughs> so I have the money. I, I got us paid. And I was like, dude, like, where's he? He's like, he's like, I fucking hate everybody. You know, it's what like, goes, hate yeah, everybody? I was like, I hate everybody. Oh, Everyone Very stole mature, from me yeah. and everything. And he goes, he goes, he's like, well, at least I got my wallet. At least I got, and like touches his, and I was like, got what? He's like, 
uh, nothing. Let's go home. And I was like, uh, no. I was like, I was like, no, no, we still got to find you. Like, we don't find you. And he's like, no, let's go home. I'm like, what's in your back pocket, Darren? And he goes, my iPod. <laughs> I put it in between my wallet and my jeans. What an yeah. asshole. Yeah. So, so he totally. was, so, for, so I guess technically it was like worst gig ever right. for both of us because I was like just so pissed. But now it's like my favorite story of all time because any, because I, I just, well, he still gets last. There, yeah. There's a thing. So I, we were searching for so long that I was starting to sober up. And I remember, uh, you're, there's one thing is that I, before you saw me touching my, what you saw was me sliding my iPod back into my pocket because I pulled it out when I was standing in the middle of the room and being like, oh my God, it's been in my back pocket all the time. And I was sliding back in. And as I was putting my hand, Greg's like, what are you touching in your back pocket? And I went, nothing. Let's go home. My ass. Um, so you, my ass. My ass. I mean, it's my ass. That's not weird. That's not weird. That's totally not weird. Look, but, uh, let me, let me say yeah. this is that that was actually that night. Was actually a turning point because as I got more serious about DJing, like I cut way down on the drinking oh, because, as, yes, mom, mom raising her fist <laughs> to the sky. Uh, because for that very reason, because as promoters, like as we, because we started to do more stuff outside of that, we started we were booking at Studio B after point. Like mm-hmm. it's like you know when you're a promoter, you're there for six seven hours in the yep. night. You're the guy who's got to like square up, and if you're the guy who's like, I can't find my iPod in my back pocket, they're like, Oh, we paid you, we paid right. you, oh yeah, yeah, we paid you. So yeah, so that was that was it a, was a learning, it was uh, a learning uh, moment, learning moment. Well, so let me ask you guys about this because you do you do a podcast yourselves? Yes, yeah. we do. Um, and you guys are big on food. Yes, yes I am. And we are. when did that like? Okay, well, let's just. Let's let's cut the shit and get serious here. Yeah. Finally, finally. Worse was that was that like prologue? <laughs> that was, yeah. we're, we're gonna start right now. Yeah, yeah. That's a good warm up. Let's give yeah. us give us give us a worst meal ever. Now this is something that maybe oh, preferably I don't, I don't even I don't even have to think about it. Okay, let's hear. It. Let's hear. It. I'm gonna name check them. This good. I think this is, okay. this is doable. And it ties into a DJ story too. Perfect. Perfect. Do you guys know Norwood Club on 14th Street? <laughs> Nor- I think so. It's like this. It's like the speakeasy this, it's private. A, yeah, it's like total. Uh. It's like this old house that they turned into like a private douchebag club. Yeah. So we went to go DJ this guy's birthday. Oh, and this is. I mean, the PS on this is like they did. They pr- didn't pay us our money. Like all this stuff. And I was like, they didn't pay us. They didn't. No, you I were mean, still the, drinking at the time. Yeah, no, yeah. No, it's no, old timey. You got to fight for your this money. This was through Bond. We got paid no. It later. wasn't. This was for Charlie's birthday. Oh yeah. So they didn't pay us. They'd be like, oh yeah, just keep DJing. Anyways, like it's all, that's all anxiety to this. So mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, cool. I'm DJing. You know, we would be doing like 30 minute sets. I was like, cool. I'm going to go down and just, I'm going to go down and I'm going to eat. I'm going to bring my buddy mm-hmm. who was acting as our manager at the time. We'll go eat. Really simple. They're like, we're like, hey, we sit down. We're like, hey, we're DJing manager. We want like two salads and a sandwich to, to split. And the guy's like, okay. So like we're just shooting the shit. And I was like, man, where's our food? 30 minutes go by. I'm like, hey, dude, like, where, where is this? Kitchen and it, nightmare. No, yeah. And it's like, <laughs> this is, this is and, and there are people sitting around Unacceptable. us. Unacceptable. There are people sitting around us getting their, getting their food. And like, I'm the worst. Like, once I realize that service is off, I can't focus on it. Like, once I'm taking it on me, I can't focus on anything. So the guy's like, oh, uh, remind me what you had again, which is classic for like, I didn't put your shit right. in. So yeah. he comes over and we're like, two salads, one sandwich. Super simple. He goes, okay. So then like, a sandwich comes out. My buddy's sandwich. And I'm just like, and now we're like, 45 minutes, 50 minutes in. I'm like, dude, where's he? He's like, he's like, oh, it's coming up. Then like the Sam, then the salad comes out. And then like, long story short, 90 minutes, right? Wow. 90 minutes. And we can't leave because I'm like fucking hungry and I can't, I'm like obsessing over this. Food is terrible. We call the manager over. We're like, 
Are you kidding me? Like we're DJing. They drop the check. Oh, right? Boom. Charge us for like three salads, two Because the guy had rung <laughs> Whoa, it in so many right. times. And I was like, I want to tell you something. Fuck you. I'm not paying. I'm going to go upstairs. I'm going to drink a ton of free drinks. I'm leaving. Go fuck yourself. And I'm, and it was the only time I've never paid and never tipped. By the way, best salad I ever had. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. By the way, best, like, what was it? This was, this was a kale salad in 2006. Way ahead. No, it was like, this also, it sounds, it sounds like, look, I have a problem when I read Yelp reviews and I see people give it one star. The food was great, but the service sucked. Yeah. Right. I'm, I look, I'm not as interested in this. I want to know how the food is. So, what, was that the kind of thing where it was the food passable? And no, just it was like it was also like if and I'm I'm also actually to be honest I'm pretty forgiving on mm-hmm. service. Like I'll get bad service and I'll like oh really? Like, <laughs> wait, wait, well, no, but like but I'm saying like I like uh, but if something really great comes out, I'll be like, well, I'll try to be like, well, all right, I guess like that food was that. But like every I was like, if you're gonna take an hour and a half to bring right. me a sandwich. That's unacceptable. You better like have just baked that bread right. yeah. and like shaved that meat and like <laughs> made that everything. Made that mozzarella fr- like it right. should be like like worth the wait. The best burger I ever had took an hour and a half. It was Atlanta's. It was called Miss Ann's Snack Shack, home of the ghetto burger, right? And it took 90 minutes cuz like she only served 12 at a time so we got there. We missed like a seating. Right. It wasn't like a seating, but like when 12 people showed up, that's right. when she started cooking. Right. So it took 90 minutes and like we hadn't eaten all day. We're hung over. We're delirious. To this day, Still the two best. patties, uh, cheese, bacon, like a special mayo, uh, like lettuce, tomato, french fries, and a Coke for like eight bucks each. Just like so amazing. It was actually declared a historical site by Vernon Jordan at the time. Wow. And, but it was like 90 minutes, but like I, I was like, Worth every fucking. It was an experience. Second. Yeah, yeah. Darren, this was like the shittiest salad. <laughs> you know, let's. I want to hear your worst. Your worst. You know, meal. I. I wish I could think of a story that wasn't sort of the same. That like, I mean, I recently ate twins. At, I recently ate at. I won't. I won't say it because I met the chef and this guy. But I ate this place in the village, and they essentially just like we ordered salads and they never got them out. Right. I mean, I. To be honest, I'm tr- I can't I sort of block out bad meals. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I mean, working in the food industry, it's like I mean, it's like any this, industry. This, you just want to try not to. You just want like it's so small. You're like you want to try to avoid talking shit, and you can. It's so easy to revert to that sure. if you just like block it out and be like, "Well, I'll just never go there again." And also, I think I'll never talk oh, about. You know it. what? I'll tell you the worst meal. It was in Boston. <laughs> so bring it back to Boston. I bring it back to Boston. So I just gotten back. So I just gotten back from my first time in Paris. Uh, and I was, and I don't know if you remember, I forget what the name of the camp. It was like over the bridge. It was like all those like fancy apartments were. Mm-hmm. Um, and this crepe place had opened up. And I was like, <laughs> oh, I'm going to go get, I'm like, I just got back from Paris. <laughs> get effing crepe. You I know, know how they do it. Yeah. <laughs> so I know how they do it. So I was like, one egg, one egg and cheese with spinach, please. And uh, the guy, the guy goes, okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. That's right, man. All right, man. Yeah. And this is when I I should have walked out. And of sure. course, you know. So it's, it's I just got back from Europe. I spent all the money I had. Like I'm broke. And I was like, oh my god, it's the first crepe. I'm gonna like, you know, have that transcendental moment. Uh, the guy, the guy reaches below the counter, pulls out like a Tupperware full of pre-made crepes. Should have left right then. Should have just left like right then. Throws it on. Like a warming platter, like right. not even the sort of like the the crepe maker. 
Pull that You're out of the food crepe maker. <laughs> I think it's called a sordir, S-O-D-I-R, but I, I, I don't. You're correct. Yeah. 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 Anyway, sure. <laughs> what do you want me to do? Anyway, so then. Crepe maker, that- great seven, yeah. by the way. Yeah. That yes. is, uh, I think I seminal they, seminal band. Crepemaker played the a split with Crate yeah. They played Maker. a four hour set at the Perineum. It was great. <laughs> uh, so then he reads into another Tupperware and uh, pulls out hard boiled eggs, sprinkles that on. <laughs> the yolks are green, and then <laughs> cheese like like out of a bag, right? And then just like the saddest like sad spinach, <laughs> which I think the Boston hardcore band was named after yeah. saddest spinach. <laughs> And then, like, threw it in the microwave Ugh. and then served it up and then had the guy to be like, like, you're right back in Paris, am I right, man? <laughs> High five. Uh, and I was, like, eating it. And it was, like, it was that thing where you go, well, this is my dinner. Right. So I got to get through it. Right. Yeah. Um, but I don't know, like, modern meals. Look, I, I actually I actually can forgive mediocre food. I think stuff happens in the kitchen. I think that I cannot forgive mediocre service. Right. I, like, it just... It's and I'm not even like a master servant type of thing. I think it's just like <laughs> what's a, a master servant? You are a master servant. <laughs> well, no, because people, you're people, a master. People are like what? Like you expect people to serve you? It's like well, they're waiters. Like at some point, like I'm here. I'm going to be really nice to you. I'm going to give you a good tip. I'm not going to be a dick. Right. I'm not going to make you tell me everything in the item. I'm going to have my order. You know, I'm going to get up at an acceptable time and in return. I expect that you ask me how I'm doing and if I want my water refilled. Right. That is not the norm, especially in the area we live in. Yes. So. I'm never going to be psyched on the waiter, the server who doesn't write it down. It's oh, never. Oh, yeah. Big oh, star. Yeah. Big star. Oh. Well, whatever. So we were. Not, at, look, Big Star big, is this am- amazing yeah. taco place, which we have since returned. It's in right. Chicago. Yeah. It's amazing. It's so, such good things. So we go. We were, and uh, we, Josh from Flustered Arms. Josh from Flustered Arms. We went and we're like, hey, let's go. He's like, oh, it's good. It like just opened. And we got this girl and she was like, and there's three of us. And it's like, you know, you order 12 Friday to 15 night things. And it's packed. Yeah. Right. And we're just like, so we had a gig. Yeah. Right. We had a gig. Oh, yeah. We had a gig. Right. So we're like, oh, hey, like, we want this. And we're like, oh, you know, it's like, oh, you can go get a pen and paper. She's like, no, I got this. And we're like, uh, okay. <laughs> all over it. All, like, so as like, soon as I hear, I got this, yeah. I go, you know what? I have pen and paper. Yeah. <laughs> I'll write it I mean, down. I, don't I don't care. care. I mean, we don't even need to finish the story because you know where it's going. Yeah. Obviously, fucked up, brought the wrong things, overcharged. She and took just, three, like three things. Look, first. It was like three. Okay, if you don't get on the first try, come back with the pen and that, paper. Come right. back with the pen and paper. But if you come back on a second time, that's you don't right. have a pen I, and paper, and then I come a third time, I don't know. It's, I mean, look, it's just. Well, the only- I love the French restaurant in our neighborhood in Greenpoint called Le Gaman. Like, I think it's a, gr- oh, yeah, it's a I, great, I go great there place. a lot, but oh, yeah. the, like two times ago, normal breakfast, they brought my omelet three different times. So every single time, like it would get like more meat in it somehow. And I just kept being like, vegetarian. And I ordered something completely opposite yeah, of this. Yeah. I will say, like, no, no, I got this yeah. one. I, got this. I will say though, if you go, for, I would say the reverse is true. If you go for like real fine dining, mm-hmm. well, you yeah. want to see, the, the waiter who's making 60 sure, grand a year. Sure. You want it, you know, Earn your fucking because if he, he brings out the green pad, you're like, come on. Yeah, but yeah, look, but, yeah, but, but, well, but actually, those waiters never write anything down. I mean, no, prefer- that's what I'm saying. You no, want prefer- that. I mean, look, I think I never deal with that as a vegetarian. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, like, it you, just doesn't. You can go to, you go to Dan Barber. He'll make you a very nice. 
Nice. Or go to Kaijitsu, which will make you exquisite. Oh, well, I, okay, now, this is this is a rarity that we get a guest's mother in the studio here. So this <laughs> she can corroborate this. Is the is the food thing something that you guys were kind of brought up with? Oh yeah, so you, yeah. I mean the the joke in the house to get a, a rise out of old mama uh, <laughs> was that we were Gerber babies because she made our our uh, food from birth and she taught us how to make jam. <laughs> she made our food. Uh, yes, most women make food from birth, but she also cooked all of our baby. She food. continued ah. post nursing to yeah. make uh, canned carrots and things like that. And wow. uh, yeah. our grandmother's uh, and our our father's mother who's still alive is an incredible cook mm-hmm. yeah. Hungarian so like classic Eastern European right. and, uh, just it was like a lot of browns and oranges and like braised yeah. so like, when we were in tour in Warsaw uh, and we were eating food we are like I know these flavors yeah. it's like oh that was actually that. that's not even that was awesome it was just like going there and drinking like shots of chilled vodka and eating like herring but um, mom also grew up and Darren now does it like making homemade jam so it's kind of like oh I should have brought you guys jam I would have loved some yeah you, next time well, next we'll time yeah you know, when you come on our show, we'll give you jam. Yeah. I mean, see, I love it. Growing, also growing, having Eastern European stock. Yeah. And yeah. appreciating this, you know, stuffed cabbage. Yeah. And my grandmother's matzo ball soup. All right. I'm, what I'm looking for now is a fantastic, I want a, like a great Jewish deli, like, but seriously, like Queens, way out in Brooklyn, get a chopped liver sandwich, oh, yeah. rye. Uh, there's that That's place. I mean, look, my, my land makes some of the best chopped liver, hands down. I love my mother. She was a terrible cook and continues to be <laughs> terrible and doesn't cook. And most of my meals that were cooked by myself would be an entire plate of fish sticks. To be honest, I can't uh, even, I can't. I love my mother, but. You know, I can't fathom, good. I can't fathom, um, not loving food. Not even, no, well, no, but like, like being a bad cook because we were su- surrounded by so many, even like our dad's handful of staples. We're still, mm-hmm. we're Love still. Dad, do you still like? Do you like that liver and onions dish? <laughs> I mean, I do now, but like, yeah. but I'm saying, like, even his staples are just like, right. We're good. Like to me, like it, the concept of not being able to cook is so foreign. Well, yeah, she just, it, it, I don't know, she had a tendency towards bland. Like her, ma- mm. I, re- I like realized now, I was like, oh, that mac and cheese was like well, the, nothing there, and like I know the tastes. Because I'm like, that's like my mom made, but it's <laughs> not exactly what well, I. You know, I also <laughs> like. I think she embraced the Swedish. Aspects, uh, the aspects of blandness from the Swedish right. culture. Well, the sweet, I mean, look, the Swedes got a lot of great things going. We had on. a lot of corv. Our, her homemade corv was fantastic. But the, you know, there's also the Swedish kielbasa. Essentially, oh, okay. there's right. this idea that you know, food as sust- sustenance, sustenance, yeah. excuse me, and that you know, you need it to survive, and that anything after that is is like right. sort of a luxury. Right. Well, we but were, it's a simple. Pl- it's also. Simple I remember that the, the guitarist of Panthers, uh, Kip. Uh, he was the unbelievable exact opposite of everyone in this room and he was very much of like if i didn't have to eat i would be so happy and well, almost know, all I of his it, meals yeah. were the 99 cent slices of cheese oh, and yeah. he would just put it on bread and not even like make a grilled cheese he would just put it in the toaster oven to make it as war- like warm enough to get it down his throat i mean you know justin was, he, was, he, was, was one of our good uh, food eating he, buddies his his doctor said I think his doctor by said at one point he had the body of like a 13-year-old anorexic <laughs> because he was just not putting any vitamins right. in him. Uh, uh, you know, Justin is a big... Justin's a great food guy. But also, guy Justin Cherno is loves garbage, too. <laughs> like, well, just like, is so psyched to eat garbage No, food. but but I mean, I'm a huge fan of that high-low. Mm-hmm. Oh, you have yeah. to be. You Like, I mean, I will... If I, if, if I could, and my body could sustain it, I would have wings multiple times a week. And right. tater now here's right. the question though with wings. Have you guys been to Buffalo and had Duff's wings yeah. yet? I've been to As Duff's. As opposed I've, to Anchor Bar. I've been to, yeah. I've been to Duff's. I've been to Anchor Bar. 
I've had the beef on whack up there. Yep. See, uh, that that was for for Oxford Collapse. That was like we had. You guys know Road Food, the book by yeah, Jan and yeah. Michael Stern. My, yeah, and because this was pre, you know, smartphones. Whatever, we would just go and find wherever you know eating regional local was the highlight. And forget about the show. Vegetarian, they said, I don't know. We can make you like pasta. Yeah, and I said, Nah, I'm just gonna have breads and wait. <laughs> like yeah. um, nightmare. I mean, and everyone's the, going, These are the best we've ever had. <laughs> this is the thing is that you know we started when we started finally getting to go on tour as DJs in America and then Europe. People already knew about our reputation for food mm-hmm. and that we were down to eat. And even in America, where I know that you can get wound up with like some bad meals, we never. I don't think we ever really had any bad. No, but all the people meals. like I think like if the option, also people would just like cook. Yeah, like, we because we were a always lot. down to like just go and cook right. and like that sure. was. We cooked a lot. Um, I'm trying to think. Oh well, this is the other Stockholm story. So we were in Stockholm in 2008, and we were we had been lucky enough to book two gigs in one night, which Ooh. is like the you know we were opening up and playing in between sets of the Wolf Parade show at Debaser, mm-hmm. and then we were playing Baba Sonic mm-hmm. later that night. Uh. And it was the f- it was November. It was the first snow, and so at Debaser they fed us, which was awesome, because uh, it's so expensive in Stockholm that like eating out wasn't even an option for us. And then the gates, except for Jerusalem falafel in Stockholm, right down the street from Debaser. <laughs> oh, really? Which is phenomenal. We'll, Continue though. Well, we'll we'll yeah. be back there the, in in August. So, oh, uh, definitely Jerusalem um, falafel. So anyway, so the so it snowed, and the uh, the gates wouldn't open because they're electronic. And they just kept feeding us drinks. And so by the time we got to Baba Sonic... That actually kind of falls under like a worst gig because we were like so psyched to open for We Wolf were so Parade. psyched to open yeah. a Wolf And Parade. then the, we were trapped inside the club and no one could get in. And by the time that um, the gates went up, we had like kind of missed our window to DJ. And they, and and they went is, on. And this is the thing. And I was like, oh. And this is the thing. <laughs> the sweet spot for when you're DJing with a band, with bands, uh, which we don't really do anymore because it's the first hour when people are setting the mood... But when you're in between bands, you get maybe 10 minutes and then they start sound checking over you. And you're just like, and then you're like, hey man, can I, this is the worst. Hey man, do you mind if I just put on a playlist uh, while you sound check? And they go, no, we're paying you to DJ. And then they're just like, Tom, dun, dun, dun. And you're like, all right. So anyway, so we get to Baba Sonic and they give us more drinks and we go to Spy Club. Now Spy Club is the only after hours place in Stockholm. And it's notorious. There's even a uh, there was a a MySpace group called I'd be kicked out of Spy Club because it's small. It's spy a, bar. Spy bar. So they bring people in, uh-huh. they make you pay a cover, and then they're like, "You're out. They kicked you out." Oh. <laughs> so they bring more people in. So unbeknownst to me, we get in, we get parted. Uh, they see Greg. They go, "You're out." What What had happened was, and I because here's the thing that I remember. This is I remember this clear. I remember the whole night. I remember us like going to the second gig. I remember us packing up. I remember us going to Spy Bar. We were paying the twenty dollar or twenty whatever uh, right. uh, cover. Wasn't owner. worth it, by the way. <laughs> getting in there, and then I remember, and it's it's hard to kind of to say this, but like to, but like I like kind of like made like a false step. Boy, it was just like he I was just, juking. He was yeah, juking. And like I just kind of like, and it wasn't even like, uh, and this was all so clear to me. Uh, like, and I can, and like no one can believe me because on the nights that things were not clear, right? It was so clear to me. Um, and the. Bounce is like, get out. And I was like, and my bag was like with, it was like underneath the DJ booth. I was like with, we had gone with the guys. They were DJing there. And I was like, oh, but I'm, I'm with the DJ. And they're like, nope, you're wasted. Get out. And I was like, obviously, if we're having this conversation, right. we're not wasted. I'm not that wasted. And he was like, 
I saw you move, like, I saw you, like, fall over, and I was like, I was like, and I was like, uh, and I go outside and black out. And that's like the last thing I remember. So it's like, it was like uh, all the way. Q eye roll from mom in the corner. Yeah. Yeah. It was mom, all forward momentum. Mom has left and then, the and, and again, we're in Stockholm and it's not like, so we're like, not that I know this, the city, but. Right. And it's not like you can sort of like half pronounce the names of the streets. Sure. Right. Yeah. Uh, so I. This is pretty much like the like scary counterpart to the earlier London story where I'm not in a yeah, bathroom so stall so napping. Greg, so yeah. Greg is, so I'm, so. 20 minutes go by and I was like I was like I haven't seen Greg um hey by the way mom I'm okay yeah I made it through <laughs> if you're nervous about it so so we're Head I'm like hand. tearing through and I and I get and I was like I was like and I see the guys that look I was like have you seen Greg and they have the wherewithal to be like oh well they do this thing here where they sort they kick people out so he probably right. got kicked down went home I was like, all right so I grabbed the bag and I and I get back to the hotel room and in Europe you book by beds right um, and so we booked a two bedroom and during the day they push them together to clean and to make it look like one bed. I don't know. And they're mm-hmm. very strict about it because we, we have another, st- anyway, we have another story about that. So anyway, so we, so I come in, all the lights are on and cause you know, you gotta put your key card in. I was like, I don't see him. I'd go, Oh my God, where is he? I walk over to the bed. The two beds have parted <laughs> and he had fallen asleep and through the crack and was like, uh, Face down, just like, 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 just kind of just like, just the force of my body to slowly push the beds away. So I was actually like this, like yeah, straight as like a board. Burritoed sleeping, in the bed. Yeah, sleeping face down on the thing. And that's where he, that's, that's where, where I found him. That, How'd you get there? Oh, <laughs> instinct. Know, I don't know, survival I don't know. skills. I mean, yeah. I, we were staying right near a subway station, which I can't remember. And I, I, mean, I, I knew the name of the hotel. I, I'm, I'm right. guessing I probably just hopped into cabin. I yeah. mean, it's like. The yeah. most expensive. Well, that okay. So you, we've gotten a lot of bad gigs across the board, from DJs, yep. DJ days to booking parties to playing oh, wait, shows. Can we, t- can we tell you the best, the worst book party one? Do we have time? Uh, yeah, if yeah, you, if you want to make it uh, a very brief. quick. So we were booking at Studio B. Studio B. We were like booking all these things. We're bringing over these artists, and the last show we ever booked there was this guy named Hostage, who's a Scotland guy, <laughs> and we were so excited about it. We brought him over. Day of Brooklyn Vegan goes, f- Studio B is closed, which it wasn't. <laughs> Four I remember people showed up yeah. to Studio B. Yeah. And we were like, that was probably actually we- Hostage's worst gig. <laughs> yeah. He should have taken the audience yeah. hostage. Sorry. Poor hostage. hostage. Yeah. Yeah. So that, you know, that, that is, de- I mean, there's another one, right? I love just, 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 just uh, throwing them out. That, no, no, that yeah, was another I mean, one. We have a lot. I think we got plenty. Yeah. Um, but uh, the, the, to bring this full circle, gigs across the board that, that went south for whatever reason. Sometimes literally, depending on what part of the world you're in. <laughs> or uh, if you're on north of the bed and south of the floor. <laughs> there you go. Question that we ask all our guests, bringing this all full circle. What do you guys think of the word Gig. gig. I mean, it's weird because I still type because I I do events, so right. like I will still put gig in there. Uh-huh. Uh And it's weird. I have this like it's funny. I've never really thought about it in that way, but I definitely have this thing. It's like sometimes I like it, sometimes I don't. Sometimes I'm like, oh, I wish I had a better word, but like I I think it's like gig to me. I like I kind of like it because it always makes me think of like seventies like. Rock star, just like not even is rock that star. how you see yourself when you no, DJ? but it's not even it's, <laughs> right. not, it's not even that. But I was Hair like, flowing. I was like, 
But it's like it's it's just like it's like show is not appropriate. It's like yeah, it's like yeah, a gig last night. It's like, and I just right. immediately think of like some dude in like some like 1970 like Doonesbury like long exactly. hair type of thing. We're just 70s, like yeah. we're just like yeah, it's like yeah, it's at the gig. But I, yeah, I don't know. It's like I it's weird because I definitely like when I type every time I type it, I always shipper. have like a like a jerk reaction to it. <laughs> but I never like I can't place it from anything other yeah, than right. just like like. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's. I, I think. Let's hear it, Darren. Let's hear it. Because that's well, the first time that Doonesbury has ever been I, mentioned I can't in conjunction. Well, which, I'll put which, it this yeah. way. When, when we were. When I was in a band and when we did our, our other DJ group, Punches, I don't say we're playing a show. Yes. And then when we were just DJing, I'd say, oh, we're DJing tonight. But I do use gig because I do freelance production work. Mm. I always say I'm looking for my next gig. Sure. In the work capacity, in the work capacity, capacity makes more sense. yeah. But do you, do you guys not like the word? Or? I would I would say <laughs> I'm okay with the word gig. Uh huh. Despise it as a verb like gigging. Like yeah. oh, we were gigging last yeah. night. I don't. I've never heard. that. We tend to agree with whatever the guest says. I mean, we named yeah. we named our we named, the show is worst gig ever. So uh, yeah. it, it, we it, might have grown an affinity for it. I'm trying to think. I don't years. even. I mean. Can you remember back before the show? Was it a? Oh no, you was never gig. It was show. It was never. Gig. Yeah, the yeah. show. If you came it was always a show. Of... If you were in a punk world, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, concert I, was I, when you went to see Iron Maiden. Yeah, I think uh, it was concert, show, playing, DJing. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I, I would say maybe even like gently ribbing. Like, how was the gig last night? Right. You know, like yeah, like uh, that. Yeah, I think I yeah. think yeah, but it's a good way to fuck as over. a noun. Oh, oh, I think, oh, and also oddly enough, whenever we talked to our dad about it, he would be like, "How is the?" G-? I think that's where it's we a got generation. Yeah, yeah, that's generation where it's from. Shout that's out to the, dad. Shout, dad would be like, like "How was the, the gig last night?" And I'd be like, "And that's why I think it's kind of funny because I was like, well, dad we were, it's not a gig.' Well, right. we, you know, we were DJing. Yeah. If we can right. shout out our father for a second, if our mother was the one who got us into cooking, our father was the one who got us into music. So if the guy who asked you who got you in music, how was the gig? You respectfully say the gig was great. Sure. Yeah, of course. That's, and you know what? That is it's a beautiful. Look, we've heard, again, a lot of great stories. Yes. Um, and especially is what we're, you know, the, the parting words of the show, which, you know, it's especially relevant today because your lovely mother has been so gracious to uh, join us and sit through this and, and hear these tales. Exactly. I don't know where you guys are going tonight. I don't know when we're going to see you again. <laughs> Look at that. Perfect. Get home safe. Thanks, Thanks guys. Thanks, Thanks guys. Yeah. Worst gig ever. 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 ever.